When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. The driver's seat. Stevie Johnson's going to fight him all the way up to the line. Who'll get there first? Kelly, I reckon no Johnson got it. This is going to be Molly Taylor winning the first ever Extreme EX3. She crosses the line. She has done a fabulous job, and no wonder she is smiling. The driver's seat. It's McLaren and Ricardo that win the Italian Grand Prix. Start the celebrations for McLaren. The driver's seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Excellent job. And a very good uh, afternoon. It's a very good evening to you. Wherever you're listening, right across the planet on the SEN app or the driver's seat app or an SEN fanatic. Or, of course, uh, if you're in the non-AFL states, you'll be tuning in live on the various SENs. My name is Nims Azor. Welcome to the driver's seat. And, uh, boys, uh, it's been, it feels like it's been an eventful week, but it also hasn't been too much of an eventful week, hasn't it? Oh, well, certainly not for me outside of the studio or anything like that. It's been a very quiet week, which I've quite enjoyed, actually. But, yeah, I mean, there's, there's not a lot going on in the world of motorsport this week, no. to be quite frank. We've got a lot to talk about from Sandown, obviously, but um, and we've got, a, we've got a great guest coming up who I'm hoping to get to know a little more and shed a little bit more light on who he is and where he's from and what's he, what he's after and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah... Not a lot going on. No, a bit of Dan Ricardo stuff. A little bit. That's about it. We'll touch on some Formula One a little bit later on. If you would like to get in touch, you can text in 0433 98 11 16. Little Mac in Toowoomba has already jumped the gun and he's in there, but we'll get to his text in just a moment. But you did mention our first guest. Uh, it's our feature interview thanks to Ryko Filters. Ask your mechanic for Ryko Filters, the professional's choice. Uh, now, our next guest, our feature interview, will be linked very heavily to Dick Johnson Racing in 2023. In fact, let's check up and see how Dick Johnson Racing did at the, at, I was going to say the Sandown 500. <laughs> at the we Sand, wish, we wish, wish, mate. Yeah, at yeah. the Sandown Super Sprint on the weekend. Van Gisbergen's won five of the last championship races. Can he get the job done alongside a fast-starting Will Davison? And Davison converts beautifully off the line. Beautiful start by Will. But at the moment, Will Davison is on target for an impressive victory. Lines it up to the chequered flag. And it's career victory number 21 for Will Davison at yeah. a very special yeah. location. At oh, thanks, Rich. Thank you, guys. A pretty good day at the office for Dick Johnson Racing. And, uh, boys, I did mention that uh, this week was a very quiet one news-wise because everything uh, pretty much happened last week because it was announced uh, before the Sandown Super Sprint that Dick Johnson Racing would have a new majority owner with the Ralph family buying into the team. And we've been good enough to be joined by Brett Ralph, who's given us some time. Brett, welcome to the driver's seat, and uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Good to be with you. 
Hey, Brett, welcome welcome to the family, I can say. Welcome <laughs> to the family. <laughs> it was, well, I, it I didn't, feels like that. I didn't get much of a chance to chat to you on Saturday. I was too busy uh, trying to deal with all of the uh, kids crashing into each other in 286. But I got a brief uh, hello uh, just at the end of race one on Saturday, mate, before uh, you ducked down to the podium for your first First podium, hopefully first of many, um, but I'm sure that uh, there's going to be plenty of times at the track and away from the track that we'll uh, no doubt catch up. I'm sure we will too, mate. And we're <laughs> looking, looking forward to many more podiums and hopefully we uh, can get further on that journey in New Zealand in a few weeks' time. Brett, it's Matt McKeldin speaking. Um, congratulations on the on your purchase uh, with DJR there and, and the business deal. I guess from a, a fan point of view, you're not a name synonymous with our sport. Obviously, you, you, you're known in the in the um, netball world and in the baseball world and in the NRL world, but you, it's a name not synonymous with us. Give us a, a, a give us your, your elevator pitch. You know who's who's Brett Ralph? What do you do? Where you come from? What do you tell us all about yourself? Well, on most of those sports, I kind of snuck up on them as well, mate. Uh, before we got involved, I wasn't really known in those sports either. But uh, my brother Sean and I operate a uh, courier business, Jet Couriers, which operates throughout Australia and uh, New Zealand and North America. And um, that business has been very good to us, and it's put us in a position where we can start to do some of the uh, things that perhaps a lot of people have dreamed about doing one day. And I was relating to... Dick Johnson on the weekend that the very first live motor race that I ever attended was at Turndown when I was a 17-year-old kid, and that was in 1981, and I turned up to watch Dick win that race on his way to uh, winning the Australian Touring Car Championship that year, and of course Bathurst that year, and I've been a fan ever since, so it, uh, at times I need to pinch myself to uh, think that I'm actually part of uh, this iconic team that he's built over more than 50 years. Is that is that something, mate? That uh, just came about was honestly just uh, all the stars aligned, or is it? It's something that uh, you know, as in DJR. Is that something that you maybe uh, you and Sean had your eyes on, uh, obviously from a from a distance, and obviously the difference and change with the ownership with with obviously my old man and Roger Penske. Is that something that you had your eye on, and you're thinking, hey, I wouldn't mind if we can uh, be a part of this thing. No, absolutely not. It came out of the blue for us. We had uh, struck up a friendship with Anton Di Pasquale about uh, four years ago. Um, we bumped into him at the, the Grand Prix. He actually wandered into our corporate box and introduced himself as a, a guy fresh on the, the, the V8 supercar uh, scene. And um, we thought, what a terrific young man. And we started to follow his career and, and were quite captivated by what was going on with him. And um, then one day we got a phone call asking us if we had any interest in expanding our sports portfolio into motor racing. And as I keep telling people, when somebody offers you a chance to be involved with DJR, you jump in as quick as you can and grab it with both hands. <laughs> and from a from a business point of view, and, and you rightly describe it there as a sporting portfolio, what does what does the day look like for Brett Ralph? Do you get in the in into Jets and you do all the Jets business, the Jets courier business, and then with a smile on your face, turn to all the sporting, the good fun stuff? Or is it, like, is this a full-time thing for you and your brother runs Jets? Where, where does your day-to-day involvement from all your, your sporting portfolios lay? Well, 
Well, that would depend on who you ask. If you ask uh, Sean, who who looks after all the operational side of the business, he would tell you that uh, <laughs> he looks after the jet operations and he pays the bills, and I get all the glory with uh, the sporting teams. And um, I wouldn't admit it to his face. Thankfully, he's over in the US running the business over there. He's prob- probably a little bit of truth there. So, look, the sporting teams are a lot of fun, particularly uh, the ones we're involved with a pretty successful organisation. So if you uh, wanted to be involved in sporting teams, the four that we've got are all very successful teams. We're very successful when we got there and and we like to think that we've helped out a little bit since we've been involved and hopefully we can do the same with DJR. Mate, uh, obviously very different. It's, It's a very different... Uh, team in the way of obviously motorsport compared to let's say NRL and, and the Storm for mm, instance mm. Um, what's will it be do you, do you foresee um, the way you and, and the, I guess the, the involvement you have in, in other teams like the Storm will this be something similar or do you think that are they all different do you have to run them all differently and make different decisions on all of them to make them to keep them up pointy end and keep them successful yeah, they're all very different. Um, and also, the involvement we have with each team is quite different. So mm-hmm. with the Melbourne Aces, the, the baseball team in the Australian Baseball League, uh, that's a sport I've been involved in since I was a kid, and I've probably got a, a much better idea of that. And also, um, as we own the entire team, we can pretty well make our own decisions and, and get on with it. But then you might look at... Uh, the Storm that have a very, very capable uh, management team and a very strong board with some people who have some incredible uh, business now. And so our contribution there is more limited. Um, We're certainly involved in the key decisions, but uh, Sean and I are smart enough to know what we don't know about these various sports and to listen (laughs) carefully to the the experts that we have. So in a lot of ways, the, the business principles are still there, which is to make sure that You've got really good people who know what they're doing in the right positions and then hold them accountable and make sure that they're making you know, the correct decisions. But as long as they are doing that, to back them, to, to listen to them and, and have faith in them that they know what they're doing. And I have tremendous faith that you know, with Ryan Story and Dick Johnson at DJR, um, there won't be too many tough decisions for us to make. <laughs> Brett, do you do you find that there's a little bit of overlap in terms of you know what you do at Jet Couriers and Dick Johnson Racing? I mean, uh, you've gone absolutely. You started off as a small company uh, and then here in Melbourne, and then you expanded nationally and also internationally because you got uh, offices in New Zealand and in the US as well. And that's kind of like DJR started off pretty much like. Queensland base and now they're very much a national fan base and there's a little bit of overlap there too especially in the line of work that you do with logistics because you know you would have been all around the country uh, the car 17 has been all around the country it's got fans all around the country was that bit of synergy something that you know was also a big appeal to you when you decided to buy into the team look you are right that there are a lot of synergies between the way jet crews operates and DJR operates. First of all, um, both organisations got where they are with a lot of hard work. It didn't happen by accident. Dick wasn't as successful as he has been without there being a lot of hard work and a lot of support from a lot of people. The uh, Ours is a family business, and 
and DJR is the absolute definition of a family business. And um, the the more time I spend around that business, the more I realise exactly how much of a family business at all. And one of the the huge surprises to me was I worked out very very quickly that there's a secret ingredient at DJR that a lot of people probably aren't aware of. And that's Jilly Johnson. She is the glue that holds that place together. Um, a lot of the people there call her mum. And she is so important to that organisation. I think, uh, along with Dick, obviously, there is very much a family feel to the organisation. And everybody there wants to do the best job they can because they don't want to let anybody else down. And it seems to be working really well. So I, I, I want to... Just go away from the business side and all the talk and all that kind of stuff. We now know you're an owner at, at uh, DJR, which is awesome. Uh, many of our SEN listeners love to chat about what they've got in their garages, what we've got, what we drive every day. So what does Brett Ralph do? Are you a – I know you've bought a Ford team, but are you a you know, closet Holden fan? you got a Monaro in the garage <laughs> down there. You're a Mustang. You drive a Ferrari. Give us – Give us the spill. Fess up on what's in your garage if you're a car guy. Uh, you know what? I was, I was told that I'd get tripped up on this, and obviously I've actually been in communication with Ford today about um, <laughs> getting some more Fords within our uh, organisation. They're hard to get at the moment. Everybody wants a Ford. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a waiting list if you want a Ford, but within the yep. family, my, my son's got a, got a Mustang, which uh, he, he absolutely loves. But I've got to confess, um, yeah, I, I uh, drive a Cadillac Escalade, so we might have to do something oh, about that. <laughs> a Caddy Escalade, caddy. Like, a, like a rapper. All the rappers in America have the Caddy. It's probably you, all, it's probably all blacked have, out yeah, as well. spinning silver wheels and all that kind of gear on it. <laughs> um, I'm told there's three types of people that drive the Escalades in the US. It's the gangster rappers, the, uh, the politicians... <laughs> and uh, and the mob. So I'll leave it to the audience to work out where I fit in. Well, you're, you've bought into a supercar team, so you better be a mobster and a politician all in the one, <laughs> the one sentence. <laughs> Especially when it comes to grabbing sponsors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm just I'm just looking at it. Oh, there's a couple of synergies. Have you noticed there's a couple of things here, Matty, that that actually work out really well? And I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. uh, Brett, is there a, is there an age limit on your uh, on a driver for jet couriers. Oh! <laughs> because no. you know what? Because you know what? No. How cool would it be if Jet Johnson did some jet couriers to <laughs> drop-offs? Oh. That would be pretty cool. It could be. And it could all be for the well, price of about $100,000 on his uh, Trans Am program. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. That's, uh, that's a bargain right there. <laughs> Well, first of all, Stephen, congratulations on having the uh, foresight to name your lad Jet. That's uh, inspiration right there. Yes, and also, you. congratulations on his weekend. Um, a clean sweep of the uh, the series there, four for four, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, he had, he had a really good weekend. So he's just, yeah, made, made me very proud. But he did it, while, as you know, while I was at Sandown. So maybe he doesn't need me at the track anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey. See the bosses, uh, potential future bosses watching results there, Stevie J. That's uh, good to know. <laughs> hey? uh, well, you never know. Every, everyone's watching. 
Everyone's watching. <laughs> Keeping a keen eye on him. <laughs> so, uh, Brett, we'll let you go. We've run out of time. But um, uh, what does the rest of the year look like for you? Um, will, will we see you at every race? Are we going to see you on every bit of media? Or are you a guy that likes to take a little bit more of a backseat in your management and ownership of a team? Like, are you going to be visible or we're going to see you at every race? Where, where, do, where do we stand on uh, Brett Ralph moving forward? Look, I'm fairly notorious for being an under-the-radar type guy and um, certainly Justin Rodsky, from, uh, the CEO from Melbourne Storm, was somewhat surprised when he saw that there was an, actually a, a photo of me that made the media because they'd been trying to get one of me for two years. <laughs> so, no, I'm, I'm an under-the-radar under guy, um, but I certainly uh, you know, know how to keep my finger on the pulse. Um, I, I get great teams around all the sporting teams who... I'm sure will keep me well informed of what's going on. I, I won't be able to go to New Zealand, unfortunately, but I can't wait for Bathurst. Um, obviously, that's going to be hugely exciting to be there as part of the ownership group. Well, and, well, I'll uh, tell you, it's terrific that the race is back in Adelaide as well. Absolutely, that's that's going to be a, a sensational end to the year in, in Adelaide. Obviously, we're used to it being the, the start of the championship. We've missed it, obviously, this year. But uh, to finish, uh, or last year especially, to finish off at, at Adelaide at the end of the year is going to be going to be sensational. But I, I tell you, mate, to roll up to uh, roll up to Sandown for your first event and and for DJR to deliver you a race win, three podiums and two pole positions is pretty special. There probably should have been more race wins, to be fair. All the right team. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So. Well done, mate, and uh, it's it's uh, very exciting to have uh, you and Sean and, and the whole family. And I heard your wife does not go to all the football games. She doesn't go to any of those games, but she came to the racing. She uh, she does not attend too many of the sporting events at all, and I kind of assume she wouldn't want to come to the racing, but she uh, very quickly corrected me on that, and she couldn't wait to get down there and have a look behind the scenes. And she enjoyed the day immensely. And um, as you said, what a way to uh, to kick off our first um, round as part of the ownership group. And he came away very proud and very impressed of uh, what the entire team did. So hopefully we can replicate that going forward. Well, Brett, uh, you've, you've got some very good people uh, up in Queensland that, uh, that do a fantastic job. And you've also got some good people uh, with Jet Couriers that also do some great work here in Melbourne for you. But uh, you've given us way more of your time than, uh, than I said that I would keep you for, so I will let you go. Um, uh, but thanks so much for joining us on the driver's seat. And uh, no doubt we'll be seeing you in the paddock uh, more often than not. I look forward to that. Thanks, boys. Brett Ralph there uh, joining us here on the driver's seat. And I'll tell you what, it does... It, you just have to look at our te- at the temper text line that's coming in. It's a, mm. quite a positive. So people are loving this. They're, they're liking the change, and they see it as a big positive and a big, bright future, don't they? Well, I think the reality is, and, and I have to talk like Stevie J's not here because he was intimately involved in it, but you should, know, I get, should I go get my coffee? <laughs> go get your coffee now, <laughs> seeing as though we both walked into the studio with five seconds to go. Um you know, when Penske arrived at DJR, uh, DJR were in a position where they really needed and wanted that investment. It obviously clearly did great things for them and it did great things for the sport. When they opted then to go back to the United States, there's all, always when someone leaves our sport like that, you kind of go, oh, geez, I don't like that. So to have someone of the ilk of of, um, of Brett to 
be part of a larger sporting portfolio. So he's not a he's not a fly by nighter. He's not just a, oh yeah, we'll throw some millions around and we'll be happy. He's clearly in it for the long term. He's clearly a sports fan. Seems like a bit of a lad as well. Um, and I just think that's that's got to be great for our sport, just quietly, and, and great for DJR. So I know you're not involved, but congratulations to you and the team. I'll just say it. Uh, and his son drives I think a Mustang. It's, I think it's so. just good for, for mum and dad, to be honest. You know, they've they've been through the ringer for, you know, probably a good 40-plus years now. Um, and I think uh, I think dad was saying it's some, there's, some, there's some milestone come out for Bathurst with DJ. I think it's like their thousandth race. Or right. Something, yeah, right. Which is very, very cool. And and there might be a little scoop here, but I'm not going to say anything. Oh, but there's going to be something. There might be a Stevie scoop. There's going to be something very oh, special happening at Bathurst. Right. Well, I just, you know, he mentioned he was going to be at Bathurst. Um, that's where you're going to get a popular opinion or a non-popular opinion yeah. because the people will tell you to your face yeah. that they either like you or don't like you. Especially the DJ fans. Correct, yeah. Well, and you know where I think that comes from, Stevie J? I think that comes from because of the age of DJR and its success and how visible they've been. There, And this is a good thing. There is a feeling around the nation that you're their team. You're the every guy's team because DJ was the everyday guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a feeling that um, if you've been supporting DJR or DJ for 30 years, you feel like you've earned the right to go up and say, I'm happy with this or I'm not happy with that or whatever. And DJ will listen. Mm. May not act on it. I mean, I've seen him talk to you most of the time when you've been telling him what to do and he just ignores you. Yeah, so. well, of course. I'm his son. <laughs> I've, uh, but if his grandson tells him, different story. I've, I've got, seen that too. I've got a, I've got a, I, so I was at Sandown, as uh, you guys uh, know quite well, um, mm. watching some supercar races and also uh, consuming the fine uh, products that were at the uh, the supercars bar as well. <laughs> again, <laughs> again, classic Mimsy. But all I can say is, you know where Merchandise Alley is underneath the grandstand mm-hmm. uh, in Sandown? At 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, Dick Johnson did a signing, and I kid you not, that line was out the door. I had to get a video so I could send it to the Dale and be like, Anyone would think Robbie Williams was there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who was signing the uh, – who had the bigger, second largest lineup? Mimsy as all. How many did you? How many did you sign, mate? How many? How many autographs did you sign? I tell you, Nim, I... Nims as all. TDS, the driver's seat. <laughs> the driver's seat. <laughs> did you sign a few? I didn't, but I did talk to a lot of punters too. Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought? Who would have thought? My mate Ben actually said he was like, Jesus Christ, like being with the every everywhere man. I'm like, oh, <laughs> look at him go. I'm like, so hey, I, I do want to. Th- I do want to thank thank you everyone that did come up and say good day um, at uh, at Sandown, and thank you everyone. At text that texted in we'll get to all of those and wrap up the sandown super sprint in just a moment you're listening to the driver's seat we do it thanks to Kubota. together we are shaping and building australia this is the driver's seat for Kubota. for over 40 years we've been making tomorrow matter shaping and building australia together welcome back to the driver's seat we do it thanks to Kubota. together we are shaping and building australia together as always 0433 98 11 16 is the number if you'd like to get in touch on the temper text. Keep your text messages coming in. Oh, Frank, oh. Frank and fucking Tony. Frank's uh, in early. He's in very early today. Good on you, Frankie. Um, I've I'll, I'll got to run through some of these texts first, though. First off, I'll start off with uh, this one from Tommy in Toowoomba. Yes. Tommy! 
Hey. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> oh, because I was reading Tommy. I, I missed my cue there, Nimsy, because I was reading Tommy's text. Sorry, Tommy. No, this one is, uh, hi, Matty. Great interview with Jet on the weekend, too. Uh, that's from Tom and Tom, because you, of course, me. you were called up to do uh, a little bit of talking <laughs> to the old microphone. Who interviewed Jet? Did somebody interview Jet? Oh, uh, yeah. On the podium. The podium one where he made us, made, he if said a couple of words together that really need a bit of a spacing and a breath he between them. He said it too them. far. Yes. And uh, it sounded like something else. But thank you, Tom. Uh, yes, I did do commentary on the weekend, which is where I'll leave it there because I hate doing commentary these you days. Did a good but job. What are you Gabe's. It was great. Nah, Gabe's nah, nah. in the Hunter Valley. Maddie was MC at race at the racing on the weekend. How is that quiet? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Gabe. Yeah. Well, thank you, Gabe. The usual commentator for TA2 is the esteemed, the highly talented and not easily forgotten Wade Orger. Uh And he was in, he's in America on assignment uh, with sprint car stuff. So they just gave me a call and said, hey, can you come in and do it? And look, to be, to be quite frank, I didn't really know who all of the sponsors were, so I probably didn't mention enough sponsors. I kind of knew who everyone was. Mm-hmm. It's where I'll be racing hopefully next year. But um, oh, it was Craig Denyer rang me, and it was all good to go down and watch a bit of racing and have a bit of talky talk. But you did, yeah. no, you there did. are guys who are guys and girls who are a lot better than me. They were scraping the bottom of the barrel to get me. You, <laughs> you, you knew the Napa Auto Parts uh, one, though, didn't you? Well, I didn't because I said Napa Auto Spares at one stage, of which I did get a scathing text message from my co-host saying, <laughs> Spares? Who's Napa Auto Spares, you goose? Do I need so, to invoice them as well? Yeah, <laughs> Napa Auto Parts. Yes, um, that is Napa. Now, we, we, will, uh, we will touch on um, uh, what went down at the Queensland Raceway in just a moment. But we've got to turn to what happened at Sandown because it was a Van Gisbergen domination at Sandown. But it was a bit of bad luck for Will Davison as well. But it, not the usual amount of bad luck. You just feel like SVG just had the edge over him uh, over the weekend, don't you feel? Uh, I reckon Will actually, had the pace. Actually, no. I think Will had the pace. I just think that he didn't have the luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think if you really look at it, and one thing stood out to me, Stephen, you can you can tell me from a, you know, we we both drive, but you've driven at a much higher level than I have. When that car came in, I think it was qualifying for the final race on Sunday, and it had an electrical issue where it melted some wires and was on not on fire, but very smoky, and he had to get out in between qualifying sessions. When he then got back in and polled it. I thought that is the purest representation right now of where he's at mentally and from a confidence point of view as well. Because, you know, you can, I'd imagine that you sort of stay in the zone when you're like that. It's easy, make some changes, give some feedback, that sort of stuff. But you've got to stay in the zone. For him to have that uh, interruption and then get back in and still, still do the job, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, well, that obviously put paid to his main new tyre qualifying run for the second race of the weekend, which he only went out and did his first flying lap. And they always, they do come and pit. And um, the download plug on the side of the car actually failed when they pulled the plug out. Mm. The centre of the plug actually broke and, and it's got a lot of little pins in it. It's a little mill plug that's got probably 10 to 15 little pins in it, mm. uh, which are all separated by this insert the inserts come out um, and all the pins have touched together. Yikes. Basically, no different to putting a screwdriver across a battery. Yeah, right. And just, uh, arced, and... just arced, it, arced it and started burning on all the wiring and mm-hmm. shorting the battery. And mm-hmm. yeah, so um, 
That's why when you heard on the radio when Will said, it's getting smoky in here, fellas, um, they responded back. Richard, his engineer, responded back saying, yes, mate, bring it straight in. We know exactly what it is because they obviously saw the end of the plug that they pulled out of the car uh, on the uh, on the other end of the laptop and uh, and saw that half of it was still there. So, Can I also uh, to- point out, too, that Will had enough time in a smoky cabin to drop in an Austin Powers reference as well, too. Like, he was quite... Was it that when he did that? When the uh, pipe and a... What was it? Smoking a pancake? Smoking <laughs> a pancake. <laughs> pancake. Smoking a pancake? When he uh, when he either won it or polled it or did whatever. Yeah, look, I think it was a great weekend for, for DJR. I, I mean, clearly, uh, uh, great results for, for, um, for SVG, and he's now increased his lead or whatever he's done, and... As I say, I think it's all over. I'm calling it super early, but yep. it's all over. He could literally go and do an overseas race, not show up, and still win the championship. Um, but uh, it, it showed me that – and let's be clear. We have said – and I think we've said it on air, and we've said it off air, Steve, J and I, that we just wanted Wilbur to get a little bit more aggressive. We just want to see a bit more fight in the dog. Um, and – I don't know whether it's the signing of his contract, the fact that he's, you know, let's be honest, he's given Anton a bit of a pantsing at the moment. He is. He's got this role of confidence going on, and he drove aggressively. Mm. He did not smart. let us. And smart, smart aggressive. Smart and, and then. It was a bit, bit unlucky with that with that crisscross over under on the last corner ADP with Anton. didn't and, need to be there, I thought. It, you know, on it that, was just a bit unlucky. On you know, the Sunday, though, wheels. the Sunday, Sorry. though, you give him a couple more laps and he would have got SVG easy. 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. So that, that gives us, in a moment in time in this sport, when we're all looking at SVG going, how does he get beaten? Like, what do we have to do? Will gave us a bit of a view yep. that, that there could be some confidence there. It could be a way to beat SVG. Yeah. Uh, well, what, the thing that I loved about the weekend was that that has been a notorious home for Triple Eight, that, mm. that place. They have been dominant there. Mm. Um, and for DJR to roll out a car for Will, obviously Anton had the same car, uh, and he was at the front as well, but Will was just on song that weekend, and they had the bench, they had, they had the fastest car. They didn't. Yes, they didn't capitalise on it, and you know, win more than one race. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they probably could have. They had a bit of bad luck, obviously, with the qualifying for race two, which we just spoke about, and then race three. Um, you know, it was it was right there. Just you know, Shane was um, obviously very smart in the way he was position, positioning his car at the end. But um, you know, they had the faster car. They had a faster car than Triple Eight, which. For me, is a massive step because you think back, yes, Scotty Mack went okay there. He wasn't dominant there. Mm-hmm. He went okay there. Um, it hasn't been a, a great uh, place for DJR. You know, they've had probably the third, fourth, or fifth best car there really in the past. Mm. But to go there with a car that was clearly the fastest car, I think yep. it's a massive step forward and, yep. and a really good sign for what the, the engineering team is doing behind the scenes. Uh, it was. Yeah, it, totally. it was um, just quickly going through some of these texts that have come in. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is the number if you'd like to get in touch with us. Uh, hey boys, I'm no engineer nor a team owner, but would it have been a good move for BJR to give Craig Lands a set of green tyres to see what Jack Smith's car was capable of? Well, yes, yeah, yeah, that's from Jeff in Hamilton Hill, by the way. But, Thank you, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. In Brisbane? I, I think the hardest thing about that is, though, that then that then you start using up your tyre allocation for the weekend, and you don't want to be doing that. You want Jack to obviously have new tyres for qualifying for the first race, but, um, you know, that might have been something where, you know, supercars, you know, or Dunlop should, should have allowed um, the co-driver session for mm. those guys to have their own set of green tyres. 
I agreed. Yeah, there should have been an allocation you know? for go driver green tyres. But look, I, I think, um, I you know, and I think it was Big G from last week was saying that he th- thought that it was a bit of a cheater move by Triple Eight and that sort of stuff. I mean, I don't think it, as you said, didn't give any feedback to Triple Eight. May have given there was some definite feedback from CL about that car. It needs to turn a bit sharper, and it needs a, a a couple of things to get it going. I don't know whether they were able to drill that into the car for Jack to go any faster, but it was good to see him. Have a crack. Have we got any more news about who's going to be his co-driver, Steve J? Well, you were down no. there on the ground. I know you were belting the junior burgers in Toyota 86 for <laughs> making a pelican of a few of them made a pelican of themselves. Also, but... Steve, it, it's also weird that you were driving uh, in not – it's it's such a weird thing to not see a 17 on your car that you drive. Yeah. It, it was just bizarre to me. Like every time I saw it on the, on, um, on the little – the totem on the screens, I'm like – Okay. Oh, that's right. That's Steve. I forgot about that. Yeah, because because I'm so used to seeing 17 next to the day. Yeah, but uh, you weren't driving down there, were you? No, no. weren't you? No. Who no. was the Johnson in three three three? That's uh, not me, mate. Oh. How many drinks? His name did is Rossi you, Johnson. Oh. How many? How many you were beers at the bar, did weren't you? you? Have? Oh, you were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Stevie J going. This is an interesting rabbit hole Nimsy's climbing down into. I can what see. Are we, where are we going here? I was also wondering <laughs> what he was doing all the way down there too. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He was drive through Johnson on the weekend. Yep. There you go. That's what he was doing. Yeah. So I mean, he was he was cracking the uh, 86 kids. I think I think you got a bit principally on one of them, didn't you? Maybe uh, oh, there's, a, there's maybe a few there. There's sent a, one home. There's a few there that um, are not doing the right thing. <laughs> I, I yeah. think that's. I'd love to be in a room with you going off at someone. I, I mean, I know you do a professional. Do the I, fathers and mothers get up here when you do no. make a decision like that? No, not really. Oh, do they really? agree with me? No, no not really. Not really. <laughs> do I care? Is nah, that, not not really. is, that, is that like my house every time we have dinner and sit down around and talk to all my girls that they don't agree with me? Nah, not really. Not really. That's what it's like. Yeah. <laughs> you get used to it. Mm. Yes. Well, you're married. We totally get used to being told we're not right. <laughs> oh, don't worry. You don't need to be married to be told that you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was very brave of you in that last interview, Nimsy, to refer to Mrs. Nims as the doll. Well, she actually, it's it's quite funny because she referred to, because I was pretty much Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I was at Sandown. Mm-hmm. And she very happily told her friends that she was a race widow for the weekend. <laughs> which there I, you go. Which I thought was uh, there you go. interesting to three, say. Did least. you go all three days? Yeah. Ah. Mate, you've, you, what a fan you've become. Yeah. So uh, Holy cow. Friday, and he didn't look, come past bit... Toyota 86 once. Or he didn't come and see no. you. You know why? He's too big now. Well, oh. he's Nimsy from the driver's seat. I was hanging out yeah, in car yeah. 333 like an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wondering why he was so rude that you didn't Johnson? come out. Where the hell is Steve? It says Johnson on the bloody sign. But anyway. Since he's become Sri Lanka's premier motorsport expert, you just can't. Hard to get. Yeah, it's hard. that's hard to get. Uh, weeks, booking out for weeks. Yeah. Well, yeah, agree. well, I am glad that I don't need to pretend that uh, that you drove good on the weekend because I was like, Thanks, just come. Because I was telling my buddy Ben in the grandstand, he's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I think so. Well, he's driving crap Maybe this weekend. Benny, yeah, Benny, it wasn't me, mate. No wonder he's retired out of supercars. <laughs> um, we'll take a quick pause for the cause and be back with the power rankings from Sandown. You're listening to the Ooh. driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together. <laughs> Better get my pen out. We are shaping and building Australia. 
This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It's the driver's seat, and we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Uh, we big thank you to Brett Ralph for joining us. He's the new majority owner of Dick Johnson Racing. It's a very exciting time for the team, and uh, looking all eyes forward towards 2023 when it all kicks off. But uh, we're looking back at the Sandown Super Sprint. So we got to do our power rankings. Where's my buttons gone? There they are. <laughs> this is the driver's seat power rankings. Oh, I'm having an absolute mare tonight. Um, <laughs> now That's two. We've got to write that down. Now, Didn't know Steve Johnson was driving. <laughs> couldn't find the button. Hello. <laughs> next. What's the next one? Um, now, <laughs> now, we are looking back at the Perth Super Sprint. Um, <laughs> and there's three. One. Can I give you an official warning now and a written... Drive a through? written warning. A, drive, no, a written, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sit down and have a discussion. Uh, so let's have a look back at the power rankings because uh, if you don't know what it is, it's our version of the Brownlow Medal or the Dally M. After each round, Matt and Steve will assign a 3-2-1 vote to the driver that impressed them most during the round. Now, this is the current leaderboard that's, that was before last weekend's Sandown Super Sprint. Uh, SVG very comfortably on top with 29 votes in P1. In P2, it's Cameron Waters and Will Davison sharing the honours with 11 votes. P3, David Reynolds with seven votes. Chazzy Mozzie follows with six. Five votes to James Courtney and Gary Jacobson. Nice, Gary! Uh, four <laughs> votes to Brock Feedy and Todd Hazelwood. Three votes to Tim Slade. Two votes to Lee Hazelworth. Hazelworth. Well, Hazelworth? Hazelworth. Hazelworth. Where does Lee Hazelworth hail from? <laughs> <laughs> two votes to write that down. Lee two votes Hazelworth. to Lee Holdsworth, Andre Heimgartner, Chris Pither, and Zach Best, and one <laughs> vote to Anton Di Pasquale, Brody Kostecki, oh. and Nick Perkat. Uh, <laughs> who do we start off with? Oh, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for Hazelworth's results, and I can't, I can't seem to find any no, for a point. He's going to give you three points. <laughs> Probably because you're looking at Speed Cafe. Um, <laughs> <Oy>. <laughs> Um, let's start off with, uh, you want to go first, Matty? Uh, I will go first, if you don't mind. That's fine. So I, I, I carry on from what I was saying earlier about Will Davis and Stevie J. I'm going to give him three points. Mm-hmm. He just impressed me. He just impressed me. He drove that car. He gave that car absolutely everything that he could to win. So I, I think that car and he were working absolutely beautifully. And uh, so I'm going to give Will Davo three points. going to give SVG two. He was strong, mm-hmm. obviously very, very strong, drove very, very well. And you could see the emotion on his face. Like mm-hmm. you and I talk often about how we think he might even be a little bit bored and this, that, and the other thing. But then you see an emotional reaction excited. like that. And he, you know, like he almost blasted out the front screen of the car with that yep. yelling scream. So it clearly still means a lot to him. So I'm going to give SVG two. Um, and I'm going to give young Brock Feeney one. I thought I think Brock that's getting on the podium – Especially not only just getting well. on the podium, yeah, exactly. Not just getting on the podium, but again, started to show a bit of aggression as well. Like, you know, you're not going to beat up on me, boys. Mm. I don't care if I bring this thing home with a bent front guard or a busted bar or something like that. I'm going to get India. So I thought that was really good and a big sign of what's to, to come from Brock. So three for Davison, two for SVG, one for Barack. Not That'd bad. Barack. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually Almost mirror you, Matthew. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Will Davison three points because the same, the same. I mean, he was, even though the results don't show it, like with the the speed that he had, mm. you know, he he really, you know, he had that obviously that issue in qualifying for race two, which put him back to, I think he started 12th because he didn't get his final run. 
um, had an average race. But there was, if things went well all weekend for him, he could have clean swept with three poles and three wins. Totally. So it was just circumstance and it was, you know, it's racing. You know, we always say that's racing, that he didn't quite um, get the chocolates that he should have, mm-hmm. but he got some, which is nice, mm-hmm. the little entree. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to give him three points because, you know, and, and just the way he raced, the way he raced SVG, uh, I think it was it was tough but fair. You know, there was no hardly any bumping, rubbing, really, you know, um, but like it was – and he pulled, an eight, he pulled an eight-second lead on SVG in race one. Yeah, strong. At a track that is notoriously a triple eight track. And do you know why I think – we'll get on with your points in a second, but you know why I think that response came from SVG when he crossed the line? Because he knew that he was getting pushed. Yeah. He finally had some good competition. Yeah. And he knew that his car was probably not the strongest Friday and Saturday, and they did whatever they needed to do on Sunday to get a result. Yeah. Um, so he knew that he was getting pushed. Yeah. So I'm going to give SVG two for the same reason, mm-hmm. you know. He drove well, as he always does. Um, you know, he got the he got the results that he needed. He extended his championship lead. He did all the right things. Uh, I'm actually going to give one point to James Golding, who had, I thought, had a bit of a breakout weekend for Premier Racing. First Subway, top 10, wasn't it? First top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and just literally drove drove very well. So He did drive well. Uh, I'm going to he give... tossed it off the road once, didn't he, down at turn one. Yeah. Bogged yeah. it, and, which is not a hard thing to do no. at Sandown. Not a hard but it was just do. good to see him yeah. get up, get up, and get a good result for that team. And uh, yeah, uh, I think that uh, you know it was it was and qualifying as well. Mm. You know, qualified very well. So mm. Mm. Uh, good on him. And uh, they're obviously starting to move forward with that. But um, he's given old CP a bit of a touch up. Yeah, or crispy. Yeah, you know, I'm I think not, uh, I'm not feeling confident for CP. Next I think year. it's um, is it five out of six that he's out qualified him or out raced him now? Yeah. So it's and then with Slady on to my new friend <laughs> with with Slady. Standing there, mm. um, breathing I'm the heavily. Guy, I, just hey, what's going, yeah. what are you guys doing next year? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I mean, I've spoken to Chris's manager, and and Chris still retains Coca Cola money, and you know, Chris like Chris likes Coca Cola, and Coca Cola likes Chris. Mm. So I just don't know whether he'll be able to, unless there's a second wreck going to be picked up by Cool Drive, third wreck by uh, yeah, second wreck by Cool Drive, and a third wreck by Matt Stone Racing, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, I don't know where we're going to see Chris end up next year. Mm. I just don't. I just don't. Well, that so. was that was the driver's seat power rankings. Uh, you're listening to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Just a quick couple of texts before we uh, head to the break. Um, this one. Has Nims had a sneaky visit to Bell's Hotel on Moray Street tonight before the show? Mm. That's from Jono Bykoff. <laughs> What are you doing down there, uh, Jono? Are you down there, or are you saying did 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 Nimsy go and have a sneaky? That's why he's had the three mistakes so far that we've. Mm. We'll see the results. We'll see the results after the break. Were you in there, Nimsy? Did you go for a beer? I wasn't. I wasn't. I haven't haven't touched a drop since. Tuesday. Since you guzzled uh, seven litres at Sandown. <laughs> so there's really no excuse for the trip ups tonight. Oh, you know. It's, uh, it's. I'll go we'll easy, do it live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, hey John super happy that you know the Bells Hotel, of course, the home of the driver's seat mm-hmm. when we're in Melbourne. 
live. <laughs> that sounds like one of those ones, you know, like, we choose to stay at Bell's Hotel. <laughs> Bell's <laughs> Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> what was that on the end? That was like a Wheel of Fortune. It was like, yeah, you know, all our guests like that. choose to stay at mm. the Hilton or da-da-da-da-da. Was it the Travel Lodge or something in Melbourne? They were dressed by Hugo Boss. <laughs> well, you know, Tony if, Barlow menswear. If there is any Stephen dressed by high and mighty. Thing is, though, if and you choose to stay at the Travel Lodge of St Kilda Road. Look, if you are going to be uh, choosing to stay anywhere in Melbourne, it has to be View Hotels on uh, St Kilda Road. They're a fantastic partner of SEN. Oh, View Hotel, of course. Mm. Absolutely. Been I, there many times. Have you? Yep. Is that where we're going to stay when we come down for Grand Prix or whatever we do next year? We should. We should. Pull upstairs. Want to get onto that, Nimsy? Oh, mate. <laughs> Want to place a call? My honest opinion is have some f-ing balls and do it yourself. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a quick pause with yeah, the calls. Based on your sand down fall, mate, they'll go, oh, Nimsy. I'll ring up and they'll go, who? What? Who are you? Well, uh, you ring up and they go, oh, Mr. Azor. Well, Good to hear from you again. We'll take a quick pause with the calls. <laughs> Back with more right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. You're listening to the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Welcome to the Wankfest. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tim. Uh, now, while all eyes were on Sandown, up north, uh, young gent Johnson was putting together a hell of a TA2 campaign. And he was doing it. For, is this the first time, Steve, that you haven't been at the racetrack when Jet's been racing? With the, yeah, especially in the in the, the, in the TA2. Sorry, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because obviously you had your duties at Sandown that were now that I've learnt not driving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but we but we got it. We got to talk about Jet because he did a phenomenal job up in Queensland Raceway. It's completely swept round four of the TA2 Muscle Car Series at, at QR. Set the pace in qualifying and the top 10 shootout and absolutely won all four races over the weekend. you got to say this was probably... He backed it up after um, QR. When was it with the Turtle Wax Trans Am Series? Yeah, two weeks, two weeks prior. Yeah, yeah two, two weeks, weeks ago. Prior. Because that one, he's, it was sort of his coming out party because it was just like he was able to fend off not only Brody Kostecki, but really hang with championship leader Nathan and He got the round points as well. So he's really stitching together a nice little campaign there. Yeah, he is. And, and you know, I was really proud of the way he went about his racing on the weekend. Um, he was very smart about it and it's the things that he was telling me. Uh, his good mate, Josh Haynes, who is uh, who really took it to him um, for the weekend, and you were up there, Matty, you were watching it. Well, I was watching bits and pieces on the live stream, but um, um, race two, it was it was a dogfight, you know. It was, it was a good race. I think maybe Josh had put on a couple of uh, tyres <laughs> and uh, put a put – because you get six tyres for the weekend – so you can use them any way you like, but you only get four new ones, and then you've got to bring two previously used ones. So um, I said to Jet, try and do what you can in the first two races to just use your first four. Keep your two other ones, which are still not as good as a new tyre, but they're better than you know a race or two race old tyre. Um, and I said, try to keep those two tyres for your loaded rear, so your left rear at Queensland Raceway, because it's predominantly right-hand corners. And so you can put... You know, race three, you can put a new left rear on, and then race four, you can put another new left rear on, and then just work out your other tires from there, you know, put your next best on the left front, and 
put the worst one on the right front because mm. it doesn't do much. It's like and wearing it, your, your your best dirty underpants. Pretty keep, much. Got to keep turning them around. You got to go out. normal <laughs> way, reverse, inside <laughs> out, normal, inside out, reverse. reverse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, I think what Josh did, he put a a tire maybe two on for race two, mm-hmm. and uh, Jet didn't. He just kept the same set of tires on, um, and that's why it was a bit closer. But then race three, I think he had it under control, and then race four. He had it under control as well, um, but then Josh unfortunately had a uh, had a flat tire. We got a left, slow leak front yeah. left, so yeah, he yeah. Um, he yeah. didn't finish. Well, he did finish, but he had to go to the pits and change it. Mm. But uh, yes, yeah, still super weekend, um, you know, for him, and I'm very proud of him. Uh, not only him, but Benny Benny Leeds, our main guy mm. there um, at Team Johnson. Um, Tony Grant, a good mate of mine, who was up there. Uh, helping uh, Warren Wadley, who's the car owner for Jet, who's got a car himself. Mm-hmm. Um, we were running Warren as well. Um, and also Brad, um, which Brad is... Brad Bolden. Yep, Brad, who you know, Matty, who's worked on your cars. Mm-hmm. Engineering on, me this weekend. On your MX-5. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was up there as well helping out. So mm. for uh, also Timmy, another friend of ours, Timmy um, Bradbury from uh, Dynamite Studios, which is a dance studio on the Gold Coast that does a lot of the young kids and, uh, and all that. So he went up to help as well. So... Um, very, uh, very cool uh, that they could get that done and, and have a clean sweep. Maybe I don't need to be there, Maddie. Maybe I just need to go away more often. Wow. <laughs> you know, um, you've, but, got to, you've got to be away working to bring in then, yeah. as Nimsy would say, dollary doos. Dollary doos. To be able to be paying for this little uh, jaunt of uh, the Johnson family. Yes. Until he steps up, of course, into yeah. DJO and with, with Jet Career Sponsorship. Yeah, and another, another <laughs> shout-out that I do want to make mention tonight, um, another one of our Good family friends and, and supporters and sponsors of Jet. Um, young Ronnie Visser, I'll call him Young Ronnie Visser, who, uh, who is the owner of uh, Barry Peters Store at Ben Lee, who helps us out a lot. Um, he was meant to be up there helping Jet. He had a minor heart attack early on the, that week. Oh, dear. Um, minor stroke, I should say. Minor stroke. Uh, he's okay. Wow. Um, he's been in there um, and getting, um, getting some treatment at the moment. So um, get well, Ronnie. Get well soon, and um, no doubt. And he w- he he was actually went up there on Sunday. He went up there on Sunday. Wow. He had been in hospital, got out of hospital. Didn't want to let Jet down. Went up there for a few hours, and when I heard about it, I went off banana. I said, "You get yourself home, mate." So <laughs> uh, yeah. so he well, went it's home. It's been the week for it, hasn't it? Because we've also yep. got to give a shout out to uh, Callan yep. from Signways, who yep. uh, Signways is a, a big partner of yours, in, absolutely, and uh, is also in mine in the MX Five and, and the upcoming TA. Um, got a bit of a health battle on, on on the way at the moment. So fingers crossed, prayers for you both, fellas. We want to see you back at the track uh, very soon. But uh, Nimsy, Jet just put on a dominant performance. It was a great it was a great round for TA2. I think there was 20, oh, I want to say something like 22, 23 cars out there. Um, pretty uh, solid, isn't they it? Pretty solid. All fin- they pretty well all finished except for, for one, John Hollinger again. When I, I used to own the trophy for the biggest accident in Bathurst in a TA2 car hmm. right up until the point John Hollinger launched it into the fence down Conrad Strait at Bathurst and, and – uh, cartwheeled the thing and, and did all that kind of stuff and, and um, walked away from it as well. But he had another fairly significant accident on the weekend, he and um, and another competitor. So uh, they didn't make it back. But, yeah, good racing. And TA2 continues go, to go from strength to strength. Um, getting some media this week from Paul Gover in auto action as a place for middle-aged – what did he say? <laughs> middle-aged – uh, Gentlemen drivers, we'll call red-faced, porky drivers. I think it was described as. 
Jeez, come Thanks on, TJ. Paul. Glass Jeez. houses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's very funny. Uh, average age on the grid, Paul, 30. Just saying. Not 50. Mm. But anyway. Um, so Jet's going to be in action again uh, at SMP in the TAT. But before mm. that, he's going to be at Sandown too. Uh, at the, yeah. Oh, can't the, wait to see that. As part of the Shannon. So uh, I look forward to, to getting down it. there and actually seeing a Johnson race for once. Well, you uh, might you might actually get a shirt, mate. I think if Stevie remember, I think you've been you've been fanging for a Team Johnson. Just a Napa Auto Jet Johnson parts, Napa uh, Auto, Auto parts Spares shirt. shirt. No, no, it's not a Napa Auto Spares. Napa Auto Parts. <laughs> Napa Auto Parts shirt. <laughs> I haven't got one yet. He well, hasn't look, offered one to me, look, so I, you might get one. Though. If I don't look good in blue, I look very solid in uh, Shell V Power Racing red. Shell V Power. And uh, and were you wearing that on the weekend? Uh, no, I I actually have a which I'm I don't know why I'm this is what the stupid thing is right so I can see you guys in the camera you can't see me I'm motioning to the camera I've actually got this nice little Sandown Super Sprint shirt guys <laughs> oh you bought no. more merch <laughs> of course I bought more merch wow right <laughs> that's very funny. but it was that uh, and yeah I'll tell you what it was no it's I must be, there must be something about me that makes me easy to spot at racetracks don't know what. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> somehow I don't think it's the, somehow I don't think it's the merch. <laughs> I I I would like to know the stats on bald Sri Lankan blokes at supercars events with glasses and merch. <laughs> I, I, I'm tipping it's not a heavy part of the the take up on the gates. Yeah, look, Steve J. I, I think you might be right there, Maddie. Mm. We haven't done a straw yeah. poll yet, but uh, no straw polls, no exit polls, <laughs> no exit polls at the moment. <laughs> that but... was like when we when we first started off in the Bathurst Twelve Hour. They used to publish the uh, the crowd numbers uh, as as exit numbers from the crowd, and it used to be like, oh, there's ten thousand or fifteen thousand people, fourteen thousand of which were event staff and <laughs> <Yeah>. and competitors, <laughs> and one thousand were fans. Anyway. Oh, look, it's all about what's on a press release. That's all. That's um, all that matters. Hey, we, we got some news on the Bathurst 12 Hour. We'll touch on that a little bit later on. But mm. there's a lot happening behind the scenes in the world of supercars. And we'll touch on that next right here on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter. Shaping and building Australia together. And the all-new driver's seat app has got podcasts, interviews, news and videos. It is a must for all motorsport fans. And as always... We do the show thanks to the proud support of our friends at Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Uh, a little, I'm going to take this as a bit of support from Dwayne in Newcastle, who's texted in. Hey guys, I mix up the first letters in words sometimes, and it can be funny with names. Just a few Wark Minterbottoms, Tarth Gander, or even Hod <laughs> Taserwood. <laughs> Thank you, Dwayne. <laughs> Slightly dyslexic. I appreciate that, Dwayne. Thank you very much for trying for trying to help me out. I but, love how uh, dyslexic is such a hard word for dyslexic people. To well, say. Dys- dyslexic's not an easy word to say for someone who doesn't have dyslexia. All I can say it's is one of those things. Just don't mix up the movie Fletch, uh, if you uh, regardless of uh, how you are. But um, I'll leave that. One, leave you to think of that one. That's farcial. Um, let's get straight. <laughs> On the topic of... You're going to have to explain that one off air later. I will. Um, <laughs> on the topic of uh, Farshall, uh, this is a bit of news that was doing the rounds at Sandown. Um, former Formula One race director, Michael Massey, is set to become the new chairman of the Supercars Commission. Now, it's not been confirmed. In fact, a very prominent uh, racing website 
uh, has said that, no, 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 that's all BS. Um, but uh, Andrew Van Leeuwen on, on the sleuth, by the sleuth's um, Castrol Motorsport News podcast went and said, no, no, this is pretty much a lock. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Michael Massey set to become the new chairman of the Supercars Commission in line to replace uh, Neil Crompton. Which is a good thing. I mean, um, Michael has such a breadth of experience, knowledge. He's a he's a very good operator. Just forget Abu Dhabi, eighteen months ago. Um, you, you can't be you, you can't be um, put into a box because of one moment in your career. He's he's got a massive career um, with huge amounts of knowledge, and he. I think everyone has said he will was be. Was that 18 months ago or only last year, end of last year? It was last. Oh, sorry. It was end of last year, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, sorry. Um, he has a massive amount of knowledge and would be a welcome addition literally to any role in motorsport mm. or any sport within this country. Like yeah. you should be plugging him in to anything that he'll say yes to yep. because he's he's a weapon of, a, of an operator. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, one of the best. Mm. One of the best. One of the smartest. Mm-hmm. One of the best blokes. That I've ever met, and um, and just knows his stuff, Matty. Yeah, doesn't he? Just knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. He doesn't get overly emotional about things, which is, I think, we saw that with the radio communication during his season last year. Doesn't get overly uh, emotional, um, and literally just knows his stuff. Like if Michael Massey says to you. If you've got an opinion on something to do with motorsport, and Michael Massey goes, no, the the, the rule is, dut, 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 and that's the interpretation, dut, 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 you kind of go, okay, thanks, Michael, because you just know he's going to know more than you, mm. typically. Yep. So, I mean, he's a sort of bloke that if, if Eugene the Shocker rang tomorrow and said, listen, I'm stepping down as head of Motorsport Australia, it would absolutely not surprise me if Michael Massey was to go straight into that role the highest role in the land within Australian motorsport, Michael Massey could walk into it tomorrow. He could head supercars tomorrow. He could do a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, I think it's a gentle introduction, Stevie J, to have him back on the Supercars Commission. But I think we'll see. I'm hoping it's the first of many roles that we'll see Michael back in, in our sport in Australia because yep. Formula One's loss is our gain. Absolutely. Yeah, it's something, Nimsy, that I think, you know, he had to he had to take his time and understand what he wanted to do because you know that was uh, that was a hard pill for him to swallow with what happened over there and what transpired mm. even behind the scenes so um you know for him to understand now what he's doing and and to get back into the motorsport scene over here in Australia is absolutely our benefit 100% and i'm so happy that he's here mm. doing stuff for you know, the number one motorsport category in this country, which is supercars. Mm. Yep, oh, I agree. Now, uh, maybe I they can try and get him to work out the ownership between ARG and supercars and all that good sort luck. of stuff. Maybe he could walk in and bang their heads together and say, <laughs> right up, boys, come on. Now, sadly, Sort your tish out. Sadly, I didn't pop this in the sheet, but he's also going to uh, uh, – it's rumoured that he's also going to be taking up a role with the SA Motorsport Commission as well too. Right, okay, that I didn't know. Yeah. Um, that I didn't know. Oh, boy, that's a, if, he, if they get him for that, that's a coup and a half. So he's, that is sensational. So definitely a lot of people, when they saw that he was back in town, are just like, oh, where's the phone? Get, get him oh, off the line now. <laughs> absolutely. The, the offers would be 10 deep. The offers would be 10 deep. You don't go to Formula One and be as successful as he was and did a, as good a job as he did without then returning back to, you know, 10 deep offers. 
I reckon. Am I wrong? I mean, you look at any engineer that goes over there, Steve, or any driver, they walk back into any team here and write their own write their own ticket yep. as a driver or an engineer. So there's no reason that from an administration point of view, someone who has held that. And the funny thing about Massey's um, gig at Formula One is we only saw the race director part of it, but he had about four or five different roles in the FIA. So it, it's not it just safety. race. Safety, the whole bunch. Like he, he, I think he basically walked around and created the Zanfort circuit to, to make sure that it got better as well. And yep. he, so, you know, there, there is, there is a whole bunch of stuff to Michael Massey that we uh, are not necessarily privy to and what he did, but he is a weapon. And if you can, anyone out there that loves motorsport, uh, if you can grab Michael Massey and he says, yes, take him. Um, Jono, Jono is back on the old temper text line, 0433981116. You might remember Jono bike off, uh, uh, from the bike off racing team. And they've got some tremendous shirts out up there, uh, on their website with this little bad boy on it. It's an AU Falcon! Unless they're sold out. I haven't, I haven't, I should have double checked that one, but, um, uh, he's going to just pretty much summed it up here. I reckon Massey is an A1 operator. Aussie motorsport can only benefit from his involvement. Spot on, Jono. Mm. Spot on. I think I don't. And we'll think... see. And congratulations, getting a shirt in Ireland. Was it in Ireland? Yeah. That was... Someone, <laughs> someone got one in New Zealand, and someone, uh, one arrived internationally in Ireland. Um, the merchandise program is going very well. <laughs> you got an international merchandise program, Jono. Good ups to you. One more, <laughs> uh, one more off the temper text. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Hi boys, Luke here, long time listener, first time texter. In regards to the current Gen two cars being sold up to collectors. Did I hear correct last week that Zach Brown had actually thrown $2 million on the table for Chaz's Bathurst winner? I thought it was sold off previously to the Morse family. You're 100% right, Luke. It was sold off to the Morse family. And he, and offered so that. he offered the Morse family $2 million for the car. Jeez. So it's not Walkinshaw that's got the two, two mil scratch. It's, it's the Morses who now, I think, own Cam Waters' car because Chaz's went OS. Uh, um, so yes, no, oh, so he it, did sell it to him. Yeah, I believe that's done, and that's why he's bought Cam. So that's what I said in last week's show. If Cam crosses the line, this in this Bathurst one thousand, they'll they'll have bought and sold two Bathurst winning cars and the last generation of Mustang before we uh, go to the next one. We move on to Gen three. We'll be talking a little bit mm. in depth about uh, the current state of affairs when it comes to. Um, the next generation of cars in Super 2, but we'll touch on that in just a moment because we've got to talk a bit of Trans Am and some controversy which may or may not have been started by a certain <laughs> GRM. Uh, that's, but we'll touch on it. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get into the weeds right after this on the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Great to have your company on the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. And remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at a driver's seat show. Just a quick one off the temper text. Uh, Jono, uh, Jono Bykoff's been uh, good enough to update us here. Uh, the AU Falcon shirts are sold out in big boy sizes, but more stock is on its way, so get your orders in. And yep, it's, and yep. It's an AU Falcon! Shirts will be on site at the Silverstone Classic this weekend. The Silverstone Classic? Get amongst that. Where's the Silverstone Classic, I wonder? Maybe that's where uh, old mate had his shirt that you saw on uh, the old Tiki Tok. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Tiki Tok. No, not Tiki Tok. What was it on? Was it on? I don't know. It was an Instagram. I, I, funnily enough, you mentioned Tiki Tok. I've only joined TikTok 
this evening. With the help of the little Max. Oh. I apparently need to do it for real estate, I'm being told. Oh, yep. yes. It's so, it is. Yeah. It's, this TikTok thing is apparently a bit of a thing. Yeah. Uh, the I know I'm like, I, I know I'm on Perth time on this one, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thing. Get it on like a pocket shop. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, but yes, um, get amongst it, folks. Um, bike off racing on uh, on Facebook if you'd like to place yourself in order. Uh, let's quickly talk about uh, Trans Am again because uh, the Turtle Wax Trans Am series has introduced a rule change which serves to ban GRM's controversial rear windscreen setup. You might remember there was, um, well, a lot of people might have uh, heard that little chat that we had with Nathan Hearn, Matthew, uh, <laughs> because. <laughs> Stitch up. Ooh, oh, it was not a stitch, stitch up. up. I asked, a, I said a simple statement. I said it doesn't look good. And young Nathan decided to take it upon himself to uh, extol every little bit of his knowledge that he had about that current situation. So That's what a good, uh, a good media personality does, isn't it, Matthew? No. Not in our sport. <laughs> so, good, it depends on what you mean by good, because if it's team land, that was not a good media personality. Because thing what to happens do. usually is the media personality, Matthew McCordon, uh, <laughs> usually we start off trusting this person, and oh. by the end, you don't trust them. Will you, will you, You're you, out of control. Will you tell me you what media person now that we all know? We all know the main, the main protagonist. Mm. Who do you trust now? The, uh, uh, of what do you mean? I, I don't. Who do, who do you trust that's not going to just blurt out everything that you say to them? No one. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly. But at the no. start, people would have trusted them. But I. But I didn't. I mean, I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him. That's awful. I. I did not say to Nathan. I didn't call him or his team. Cheaters, I didn't do anything. I just said all three and only three of the GRM cars, it's not a good look. And Nathan, as I say, took it upon himself to set the record straight about what he knew about the situation. It just happened to be a slightly different version of what his team boss had told the media 48 hours earlier. Now, I, I, that's that's not a trust thing. I'd... Anyway, let's talk about the rear window. Let, let's, let's actually talk sure. about that for a little bit. Um, uh, so now the, I'm going to get into it. to get Nathan off the hook here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't think Nathan cares, to be quite frank, and good, good on him. No, but good on him. He, 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 you know, he fronted up and didn't dodge any questions. Eh? He no, he didn't. No, no, no. But that's what we said about Nathan. We love him. He's going to give you both barrels of honesty, he's whether honest. you like and it or not. Chewy, his old man's exactly yep. the same. Whether you, you like know? it or not, you're going to get it. So, Nathan, thank you. Um... <laughs> <laughs> was that? Did that? Was that? Listen, what was that? <laughs> did you say that again? Do that one Nathan! again. It's Nathan. Oh, Nathan. Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan. I thought it was listen. That's actually a recording of Barry Rogers <laughs> talking to Nathan the next day <laughs> after our interview. When Nathan walked in the front door, that Nathan. was the sound <laughs> coming from Barry and Gary's office before Nathan walked into the lunchroom for his morning coffee. <laughs> uh, Nathan's like, hey, guys. Oh, damn it. You, you damn wait, it. You awake there, Nimsy? Oh, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Nathan! <laughs> <There you are. laughs> now, uh, my apologies. That's farcial. Now, um, uh, <laughs> so basically, in case you don't know what the controversy is about, <gasps> GRM's three Mustangs, um, unlike the other Mustangs, they had a bit of a dip in the, when I say a bit of a dip in the rear windscreen, it was a fairly visible. It's a crater. Um, it was a fairly visible dip, which uh, Nathan Hearn 
discovered was uh, he claims it was discovered by accident, but was done on purpose. Now, competitors have now been issued a technical bulletin advising of a change to the series technical regulations, which will take effect before the next round. Now, I've put all the the actual copy and paste what it says, but like, so Steve, you actually because Jet obviously will have to deal with rule changes, things like that. As a, a person who's got skin in the game, that is a team that is in this championship, it doesn't really affect you much, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't affect me at all, uh, or Jet Jet's car at all. Um, the thing about uh, the Johnson name and the Johnson heritage in motorsport is, um, you know, to be fair, we and myself personally, I don't want to exploit any grey areas because uh, if it does be found to be not legit, um, it's a bad, bad look. And I, I don't want that. I don't want that on Jet. So... Um, to the point where last weekend, so these rules were brought out by the TA2 family uh, since obviously the Trans Am weekend, mm-hmm. and it, it really highlights and stipulates what you need to do bodywork wise. Not only that, front end wise, front splitter wise, all that sort of thing. There's there's now stipulations on how far it can be angled and how low it can be, and all that, what you what you're not allowed to manipulate now to uh, to get a gain. Um, so Jet's car was actually put through a full audit at uh, Queensland Raceway on uh, Sunday, uh, along with four other cars at various times through the day. So pretty much straight off the track after, I think, race two or race three, it had an audit. Mm -hmm. um, And everything that uh, within the rules, rule book, plus the new rules that have been brought in, Mm. um, it passed all of them. So um, uh, with flying colours. So that's, that's good. And I hope they continue to do that throughout the season of TA2 and also Trans Am because um, it'll just stop people doing unnecessary things that, uh, uh, it, let's be fa- let's let's face it, to, to do this sort of stuff, not just the rear window stuff, there's so many other little tricks that people are doing mm. and all it is is it's hours, it's money, it's time, it's people are spending it to try to get that tenth of a second game. Mm. The reality is the way the rule was written, it allowed, there was a door open that you could have driven a truck through to be able to do this, uh, what they did, openly admitting what they did. So were they in clear breach of a rule? No. Did they did they exploit, exploit a, loophole? a loophole? Absolutely. Mm. Has that been going on since day dot of motorsport? Absolutely. Was it in the spirit of the rule? No, probably not. But at that level spirit of the rule stuff doesn't exist. If you can get yourself an advantage, you can get yourself an advantage. Has that loophole been filled with concrete now? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And to be quite frank, there's also a level of... Frank's been in a lot tonight, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to exploit, exploit, if you're going to exploit a loophole or rule... Make sure you do it in a way that a 1976 box brownie Instamatic camera will not capture <laughs> at 240k an hour at Queensland Raceway. It was so plainly obvious that those three cars were doing something that everybody else wasn't. It opened a question. When it's when it's inside, deep down, whatever can't be seen. There's only speculation until it gets checked. But when you when you have something that is so visually wrong. It's going to cause a question, isn't it? It is on everywhere in here, boys. Spot fires all over the place. Well, (laughs) and and as we've seen with Jet's car on the weekend, it got audited, and that's what needs to happen. NASCAR spec.
everything has to be lickety split um, and above the law or you're out ski. Yeah. So. Uh, so, look, we'll see what happens because the TA2 cars will be in action once again, as I said, at uh, Sandown. It's part of the Shannon's Motorsport Australian Championships, September 16 to 18. So we'll just see... Uh, what those GRM cars look like and whether or not it makes a bit of a Trans difference. Trans Am. Trans Am, sorry. Trans Am. Trans Am. Sorry. Trans-Am. Yeah, Trans-Am. the Trans Am cars. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you yeah. listen to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. Back with more. Actually, we'll get, get a quick text beforehand. Hey, fellas, how good is Jet taking the broom to the TA2 round on the weekend? Maddie, when will your almighty comeback to TA2 be? <laughs> Regards. Almighty comeback. Matt from <laughs> Freeman's <laughs> Reach. Hey, Maddie. Um, Watch this I'm space. hoping that it, well, I'm hoping that it'll be this year, but we'll just have to wait and see. We're, we're pushing. Stevie J's pushing hard to get it done, and then I'm pushing hard to get back in the car for at least one round of TA2 this year of the remaining rounds. But we'll see. I'm hoping this year, Maddie. But I'm in the MX5 this weekend, still rolling around. So we'll see how we go. We'll see what happens there. But uh, you're listening to the driver's seat. We do thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. This is the driver's seat, and we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. We've been talking a little bit about uh, the scramble that is happening in Super 2. Last week, we mentioned how Gary Rogers Motorsport went and sold Tickford Racing one of their ex-VF Commodores that Mm -hmm. Tickford are going to turn into a Mustang to use in uh, the the Dunlop series because basically you can't build new chassis for um, for Super 2, can you? They must have had, even if they've done just one one start, they've got to be ex-main game cars, don't they? Or chassis. Is that right, Steve? I don't know the rules on that. Like, can you go to Pace Innovations and say... Go into your computer data and build me a car of the future chassis. No, or you, a Gen you, two chassis, no. or what you can't. No, it's got to be. It has to be an ex main game, or have had okay. some form of uh, main history game about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, so clearly, because uh, now there's a whole bunch of ZB Commodores and a whole bunch of, as you sort of mentioned before, uh, Maddie, collectors have bought these cars, mm-hmm. but. We need these cars in Super 2 next year because we can't have any of the um, the VF Commodores or the Altimas or the FGX Falcons or anything like that. It's got to be a ZB and Mustang. So Triple Eight are in a bit of a predicament at the moment because they don't have no cars. The cupboard is bare mm. uh, when it comes to that. And I don't... I was hoping you might be able to get some intel on this over the weekend, Steve, about what everyone's doing. Because, I mean, I know that you can – I was thinking about it during the week. Like, we, we talked about Matt White Motorsport, who have got three – Ultimus. Ultimus, yeah. Ultimus. They can be – they can be converted and changed just like Tickford are doing with the GRM chassis. Can they not? Mm-hmm. They can be converted to currently – Well, like Castecchi's did uh, – they they converted. Remember, they converted the yeah for their wild card. Yeah, yeah, the wild card. They went from what was oh, I can't VF, 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 VF. It was a VF. ZB. Yep, to the ZB. That's mm-hmm. right. They did too. So you can do it. Absolutely. It just means more cost and well, all that kind of well, stuff. Well, so what, Matt, Matt White doesn't need to go and buy a new. No, he just needs, he needs to reshell his car. What would it cost to reshell a, a, a Gen two car to a well? Sorry, not a Gen two car. A car of the future to a Gen two car. Um. Around it, no one's going to hold. You I to it. got told the Kostecki's it was it was six figures to change it over. Really? Yeah, it wasn't cheap. Wow. Yeah, because so even was, if it's a hundred grand, Matt White's got to stump up now 
three hundred grand, which is the price of half the price. He's of probably a close to half a million to to change those three cars. Oh, I yeah. reckon because wow. because right now, um, like the the weird thing is, Triple Eight don't actually own any of their cars. Like all their cars are actually leased because they've already been bought. So the mm. VFs that they have right now are uh, a Jamie Wincup winning um, VF from 2017 and the SVG winning one from 2016, which have been bought. So you could sort of say, oh, well, you guys could use those two chassis in Super 2 next year, but then they'd have to upgrade them to ZB and then downgrade them back to VF to then move on to the people that actually own it. So it'd be a complete waste of money. <laughs> what a nightmare. Yeah. What a dead set nightmare. <laughs> So I, I don't know what the answer is, except that, that there has to be change going into next year, Nimsy, whether it's purchasing a full car or whether it's converting an old car to a current spec um, car. It's going to be just a truckload of work and a truckload of money, but that's okay because supercars main game will have gotten rid of all their cars, whether it's a collectors or teams down the track, making way for their new shiny toys of which the Delta uh, cost difference, cost delta, is <laughs> hugely reduced by selling all the cars. Now one, come on. I one, mean, come on. One that Big. was uh, one that was um, a little good news story coming out of uh, Mount Waverley. Uh, Team Eighteen sold their Commodores to Eggleston Motorsport. So they did. So Eggleston can tick that box. We got our cars for next year, all sorted. It's fine. But uh, it's that's, that's one team. Good. I picked them up cheap. But <laughs> sure, some damage. <laughs> Might want to look at the power steering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, now, um, now, the triple eight cars actually belong to Peter Ziverus because he snapped them up back in 2020 before he mm. even before he even bought Team Sydney and turned it into Premier Racing. So he actually owns those cars. So if he wants to. He could sell them back. Well, he could sell them back, or he could have his own Super Two team. He could absolutely have his own. Super I reckon two he'll. Team. I reckon he'll shelve the SVG car. It's probably. It's. I think the most winning car now, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah right. be worth a fortune. You you would be mad to do anything else but do what Jamie's done with uh, Kate, mm-hmm. and uh, restored, which is a car, by the way, which is a car, yeah. which has restored Kate, <laughs> which is his girlfriend. most successful car, which is actually down at the Bend Motorsport the Bend. Park mm. in the uh, foyer of the Bend. Um, yeah, he's going to try and keep Scotty Taylor away because Scotty Taylor, who is a a Porsche entrant, loves to buy a championship winning car. He's got a few, I reckon, at his workshop in Arundel there. So uh, maybe he's already bought some. Could maybe have. that maybe he's one of the collectors who's bought a car. So um, yeah, I well, it gets my my opinion gets boring after a while. But as I say, I just think it's. I don't know. It's a tish fight, and I it gets boring after a while. But so John, nothing Bi- surprises me anymore. Uh, John O'Bikoff, who's uh, quite influential in the, uh, and thank you for tuning in tonight, John. We appreciate it. Um, two things: one, the Silverstone Classic is the historic race at Silverstone this weekend, so that is kind of cool in the UK. Mm. Um, um, and secondly, he's gone. Will be interesting to see a handful of Super Two cars and thirty plus Super Three cars on the grid next year. <laughs> Very. Possibly. Uh, don't. I, I, I think it was Crailsy that said it over the weekend. Don't ever go full Super 2. You never want to go full <laughs> Super 2. Uh, never and, go that deep. And Zach from Canberra actually has tipped in and said, to be fair, Matt White is probably reshelling two of his <laughs> Nissans anyway after the, the Super 2 finish on Sunday. Oh, too soon? 
Nah. That was well, let's, probably let's, is, you're probably right though. Interesting right. though, the Jason Gomersall, who was the one that he was the initial one that speared off, mm. um, owner of Matstone Racing. Yep, um, and was sitting parked on the outside when the others came through and collected mm. him. Mm. That's Scotty McLaughlin's 2012 championship winning Dunlop Falcon car. Dunlop car. That one. So make you cry. Wouldn't doesn't it? matter. Whatever happens, that car will be rebuilt. Mm. Pretty yes. much like Scotty Mack's car from uh, Gold Coast. Yes, the the yes, where the shock out. absorber landed up in a hotel room. Correct. Mm. Yep. So that car got rebuilt, <laughs> even though the three quarters of it got replaced. It got rebuilt. It's still the same chassis, still the same car, still the same numbers. And you'd think that the uh, Randall car will now be from Tail and Bend. They'll try and rebuild that. Because there's a lack of chassis, right? Yeah. yeah. You would. You know, I don't. Th- I don't think the Heimgartner one was salvageable. I don't think. No, that one. That one was pretty much. Zach just... gone to. Zach gone up north. I don't know, but it, you know, Scotty, you'd be trying to get it. Scotty together. Max car. When you saw where the kinks and twists were in that, you go, "There's no way." But they did. Where did that end up? Pace ended up doing a lot of it, and then it went back into Scotty's. Well, it's rotation. still here. It's still here. Right. No, no, I never got raced again. It actually got put back as a Bathurst. The Bathurst, winner. right? That's what I mean. Like it can't be. So when I say Randall's car and Heimgartner car from, from it can Taylor be raced. Bend, it can be it could raced. Be, okay, so it, it could is be raced. Literally like new. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, it can be raced, but it won't be. Tickford, right. Tickford have like. Up, sorry, I mean, is it, it'll no. end up going. Obviously, I would imagine mm. probably over to OS. Uh, OS to the Penske land, and uh, Tickford seemed to manage to and salvage. That's not a play. That, that that's not a. Uh, that's not a like a movie world sort of thing. Pensky um, Land. Pensky Land. <laughs> Sorry, Nims. Pensky Land. Welcome to Pensky Land. <laughs> Tickford Sorry, actually Nimsy. do an incredibly good job in rebuilding completely written off chassis, it seems. They, they do like using their old stuff and repurposing Who's it, that? don't they? Um, Tickford. Tickford, yeah. So do BJR. Yeah. <laughs> They're very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Whose car was Just it? Just ask their Super 3 clients. <laughs> Whose car was it that... Uh, that that Brad decided to put the sponsors on upside down just because was it one of the POC oh, cars? That was, what wasn't was that, that his own Mal? car? Aussie Mail. John yeah, Cleland. When John Cleland rolled it over at Bathurst, and then I think, uh, he, I think did he was it trying to sell. Adelaide. He was trying to sell signage on the floor pan. That's right. <laughs> BJR's got a history of rolling cars. Remember Brad rolled one at Turn Eight in Adelaide. Adelaide, yep. And then I think, and then John Cleland did one, which Bathurst? was a which was a B. It was a BJR AU Falcon. It was an AU, was it? Yep. That went over as well. Yep. And then wasn't it's there one in New Zealand? Falcon! <laughs> <laughs> and wasn't there one in New Zealand as well went over? Yes, there was, I think. And who was that? Was that Andy? Might have been Andy Jones went over, went on its head, or one went at Phillip Island. Mm, I can't remember. Oh, I think one went over at Phillip Island too. Phillip Island, I think. Gee, Brad Jones had some big hits over the years, his organisation. Imagine the crash. He rolled a few Oscars as well. If (laughs) anyone at V8 Sleuth is listening, maybe that's a good title for a new book. (laughs) Just, you know, you've got like HRT, the cars, and like, you know, the DJR files. Maybe just a BJR. On its lid, all kind. Of <laughs> <laughs> hey, are we talking about uh, Gen Three any further this 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 show? Uh, well, Not looking through the sheet because I'm just looking at Rafa's text. Rafa's text, and he said, "Will we see more passing with Gen Three next year, Stevie J?" Uh, well, I hope so. I think you will. I think you will. But that's the plan. Mm. Let's mm. see if uh, up until right now, 
plan hasn't really been working out that well for no. the new car. No. It's not been a smooth no. ride. Geez, no. Rafa, for you, me, and every other Supercars fan, I hope so, because that's what we watch for, passing mm. and crashes. Mm. <laughs> uh, we'll take a quick pause of the cause. Back with more to wrap it all up right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Uh, almost time to wrap things up here on the driver's seat. I will quickly get to some of your texts first, though. Uh, boys, you want to rip through these two? Well, we just were talking about Brad uh, Jones there, where he rolled it, and our audience once again has come to the fore. Uh, we've got Brad rolled over at Barbagallo on the warm-up lap for a race in Perth in 2005, and another one saying Brad stuck stickers on his BOC BA Falcon upside down after rolling it twice in two rounds in New Zealand and Perth in 2005. Zach from Canberra and everybody else that chimed in, you're 100% right. Have you ever rolled a race car, Steve J? No. Road car? Yes. Did you roll your Vitara, didn't yes. you? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yes. I remember that. No, I haven't gone there. Let's knock on wood for that one. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> Given that I'm driving this weekend, we'll just knock heavily on wood for that one. Yeah, we don't want one. to roll that no. thing over. If, if my MX-5 rolls over, it's the world's biggest shunt. Yeah. <laughs> pretty low to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, just quickly before we wrap things up here on the driver's seat, uh, Bathurst 12-hour tickets are on sale now for mm. next year's Licky Lick. How do you pronounce Licky? that? Licky? What? Liquamolly. Liquamolly. There you go. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's that time of the evening. You're gone, sir. (laughs) You're gone, sir. Uh, Now, the event obviously was cancelled in 2021, and this year was held in the unusual May date, which saw some pretty interesting uh, conditions on the old track. Um, But uh, the event will be held on February 3rd to 5th in 2023, which will also double as the opening round of next season's Intercontinental GT Challenge. Good to see things going back to normal a little bit, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I still think we're a couple of years away from being normal, normal, normal. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we will go uh, moment by moment by moment. We'll get some of the stuff back. And, and yeah, hopefully we'll be um, everything will be good. But it is very good to be coming back. Love the liquid Molly Bathurst twelve hour. And love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And while we we're bringing... just get some of those, you know, some of those international cars and that back, back where they should be. Uh, it's always it was just. I mean, it's great that we're able to do what we have been able to do in the in the last few years. Mm-hmm. But we just want all. You know, I'd love to see you know the M Sport Bentleys come back. And, oh yeah, you know craft bamboo uh, craft guys bamboo guys and, and some of the American people. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you if it if it Gets. I mean, the Kraft Bamboo guys were here this year, though. Yeah, I know, but, but it was kind of. It's still. It's almost not, died. We need, we need 40, 50 cars. Correct. We need it to be up there like the Nurburgring 24, Correct. like Daytona 24, because the track deserves it and people deserve it. Yeah. And it's where GT truly shines, I think. Garth Tander. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think GT shines everywhere. He does. I mean, it's a topic for another day, but I think he's the commentator we didn't know we needed. Oh, he I was, think he's a sensational commentator. Absolutely stellar. Him and Chad. He is really good. He's a dynamite combination yep, too. But totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Um, uh, but yes, uh, so get your tickets now. Um, they are available for next year's Bathurst 12 hour. Uh, that about wraps up the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. A big thank you to Brett Ralph for jumping on board the program. Mm. Exciting times headed our hey, way for Dick Johnson see Racing. See you in two weeks, Steve J, because you're off skiing. Mm.
See you in two weeks. Be Taking the kids away for the first time Fabulous. since 2019. So yeah, look yeah. out. Good one. I might have a super sub for you, though, so stay oh, tuned. Oh, super sub. Oh, fingers right crossed. Eyes. Very good. Fingers okay. crossed. Can't wait to have Dean Canto in the studio. now. <laughs> <laughs> if we're having Canto in here, I'm keeping the door open. That man stinks. I love him, but holy cow, door's staying open. <laughs> it's the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. They've been doing it for over 40 years, making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you same time next week on the driver's seat. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91